It's Arthur Idala on AM 970. The answer. This is the Arthur Idala Power Hour with quintessential New Yorker attorney Arthur Idala, New York's go to lawyer. He's here to share his stories from in the courtroom and around the city with interviews from high profile guests and everyday folks calling in to talk about everything from politics, lifestyle, health and wellness, and more. And now, your host, making the case for the city he loves, attorney Arthur Idala. Happy Wednesday. It's hump day. And you just got out of work. You're done. You're done. You got three days in the book, two days to go. And then for the vast majority of us, we have a long weekend. And for a lot of the students, uh, like I found out today that like my little son, he's off on Friday. So they have a super long weekend. Just for that, like as a little update on that front. So Marianne's like, okay, should we go away? Should we do something? Yesterday on the show, we had Marianne's sister, Dr. Chrissy Haynes. So we called her. I mean, I, you know, I share my wealth of, of people and, and smart people and informed people with the airwaves now that uh, I live here at AM 970, The Answer. So, I, you know, as I said in the beginning on Monday, I'm always going to be genuine and transparent. Although, you know, I'm, I'm putting people on the air are the people who I call and I rely on. So what Dr. Chrissy said was sit tight for two more weeks. Two more weeks, things are going to be, you know, there's people still getting sick out there, but it's spreading so fast and uh, amongst so many people. But she said she already saw it's the plateau now, right? We're Wednesday, the middle of this week compared to last week to this week. So we're going to stick around this weekend. We're going to wait two more weeks. And then we think everyone is going to be a little bit more safe uh, or a little bit more healthy uh, in my building in Manhattan. We got a notice today saying that half the staff, Half the staff, the maintenance staff, the people who work in the building are out with COVID. Uh, if you just listened to the great John Katsimatidis right before us, you heard about the empty shelves in the um, in the supermarkets and even in Home Depot because people are out sick and they're not producing the products that need to be produced. Uh, I spoke to a power professional today who takes care of a young uh, person with disabilities. She's home, even though she just has a sore throat and... and uh, She's just a little tired. You know, she can't go in and take care of this young person. So we're still in a little bit of a a crisis time. But Dr. Chrissy told me this morning that she's very, very optimistic that maybe even by Valentine's Day, which is, you know, a really special holiday because that's when Matt gets to bring home a lot of flowers for his wife and cook for her and all of those things. Valentine's Day is not that far away. And we should be okay by then. So we're coming into a long weekend. I hope everyone had a great day today. Those of you who worked all day today, as did I. A lot of stuff going on in in my world, really. And and I'm trying not to make this too much of a legal show. But when you go online to all the three major uh, daily news and and ten ten wins, all the way. Whoop! I guess I shouldn't be talking about the the, the station right up the dial. But sorry about that. Um, all the all the major websites. It's all about, uh, legal, they're all legal stories from uh, Giselle Maxwell, and people are still really focused on that juror. To uh, the, the ruling came down today regarding Prince Andrew, and the case against him could go forward, and we're going to talk about that in the next segment. But I think I really need to lead off with what's going on in the Manhattan District Attorney's Office. There have been four district attorneys in almost the last 100 years. It's less than, I think it's 80 years Frank Hogan was the district attorney, uh, and he was known as Mr. District Attorney in the 50s, 60s, and, and I, I believe it was 
the early, early 70s when, when he died. Uh, that's, that's who my dad worked for. And he was the quintessential. He was like the model for the district attorney of that era for the United States of America. And he was not a guy who ran in front of the camera. He didn't do any press conferences. What he did was, I'm, and that's an exaggeration, when it was necessary, he did. But he was not a real, what you would call a politician. And that's why he kind of just kept getting reelected. What he would do is he would look at the law books. It's not really hard. It's kind of simple. He'd look at the law books. He would then go back and listen to the facts of the crime that took place or the alleged crime that took place, saw what the actions were of the, that individual who had been arrested, saw what laws applied, and then he charged those person with those laws and then prosecuted them appropriately based on the evidence and the fact that he could prove, prove that case beyond a reasonable doubt. Then Mr. Morgenthau came in. He was in there for decades. He was a little bit more uh, politically savvy. He was a little bit more in front of the uh, the cameras and the microphone. And then Cy Vance came in, and his administration, there were very high hopes when Cy Vance came in. I don't think those hopes were achieved. But he, I will compliment him for running three times, 12 years, and then, I guess he ran twice, right? Four years, well, let's see, he ran? No, he ran three times, correct. And then, you know, he decided, okay, I was here for 12 years, it's time to go and hand off the baton to someone else. There was a very contested election for district attorney here in Manhattan. And the individual who won, Alvin Bragg, um, when, I met, when I met him with a mask on, he I introduced myself as Idala. He started talking to me in a very familiar way, and I, I know I had never met him before. It turns out that he had me confused for my father, who he had cases with when he was in the United States Attorney's Office. He came off in, in John Katsimatidi's PAL luncheon as very reasonable, very rational, very uh, approachable, very intelligent. Uh, and yet he came out with this 10 or 11 page memo about how he's going to handle crime. And, and how he's going to minimize uh, certain crimes and reduce certain crimes. And yesterday, as we were on the air, uh, a, a case came through where um, a young, uh, well, not a young person, actually a criminal who had a pretty significant record. Uh, his name was William Rowling. He was 43 years old. He threatened a drugstore worker with a knife. And instead of being charged with robbery in the second degree, or robbery in the first degree, I should say, which carries a penalty of 25 years at the back end, he was charged with a misdemeanor. A misdemeanor, the lowest crime. The lowest crime. He, he's facing a maximum of one year. One year. You go into a grocery store, hardworking person who, uh, who, who, who runs the grocery store, owns the grocery store, wakes up in the morning, doing the right thing, law-abiding citizen. Someone comes in, throw, shows them a knife, displays a knife, a deadly weapon. And instead of getting charged with the appropriate crime, the crime that's in the books, right, the crime that's in the penal law that, that all ADAs, they have, the, at least when I was there, you had it on your desk. Now he's probably on your computer or on your phone. They reduce it to a misdemeanor. And the judge, and I give this judge tremendous credit, criminal court judge Jay Weiner. I do not know who that is, but he tells the defendant, you should feel very lucky today that you got, uh, that you're being prosecuted under this Manhattan District Attorney, Alvin Bragg, and not Cy Vance, because District Attorney Vance did not have this policy. And he said to him, um, 
two weeks ago, you would have been charged as a robbery. Based on your record, you would have faced a long period of time in jail if convicted. The newly elected district attorney has new policies. You're not charged with robbery. You're charged with a misdemeanor here. And I don't know this defendant's record, but there are things called uh, persistent felons, mandatory persistent felon. It doesn't affect the top end, but it affects the bottom end. In other words, what the minimum would be if he was uh, uh, found guilty after trial. And it affects how they plea bargain. This, these are real New York City issues. These are real New York City quality of life issues. And so you know, the, the, uh, the district attorney had a conference yesterday or a meeting yesterday with the police commissioner. And they came out with this kind of lily white uh, press release afterwards. You know, we're going to keep an open mind, et cetera, et cetera. They saw the district attorney today walking into the or they waited for him. They didn't see him. The press waited for him to walk into his building this morning. Um, it's called One Hogan Place, named after, as they said, the great Frank Hogan. And um, they they tried to engage him in conversation. And all he did was, I'm just going to rely on the press release. I'm just going to rely on the press release. But they asked him about this case specifically. And he said, well, I'm not going to comment on an open case. You know, Again, I'm not, let me, I always told you guys, I told you on Monday, I'm always going to be honest. I have cases. My office has cases against the DA's office. So I, you know, I have to keep it, keep that in mind. And I know many of the people there. I know the new chief assistant, Meg Reese. She's, I, I can't speak highly enough of her. She's a very reasonable, logical, rational, smart uh, chief assistant. He's very lucky to have her. She's worked in the Brooklyn DA's office when she was younger. Then she was in the Nassau DA's office as an executive. Then she was in the Brooklyn DA's office as an executive. And now she's in, in the Manhattan DA's office. But when you have the DA not enforcing the law, it's a problem. And there's this cashier, the cashier in Harlem, this beautiful young girl gets executed, executed in the Manhattan district attorney's jurisdiction. Under the law, folks, she could be charged with murder in the first degree, which has a sentence of it, a, a potential sentence of life without parole. Now, why should this guy who took away the life of this poor little cashier, why should he that, that not be at least considered charging him with murder one and life without parole if they're lucky enough to catch him? And God bless John Katsimatidis for putting a $10,000 reward to, to fine him. According to the memo he put out, this office will never ask for a sentence of life without the possibility of parole. Come on. That's, that's not enforcing the law. The law says it's there. The law says that it's there. You, you have it at your disposal. At the very least, from a political point of view, you have to say, hey, I have a committee. We weighed all the... We, we, first of all, we caught the guy. We believe it's the correct guy. We've, we, we put the murder one committee together, we looked at all the facts, and we've decided not to charge him with murder in the first degree for whatever reason. But to just have a blanket rule that we're not going to enforce the law, the blanket rule that we actually found this guy who covered up his face, only had his eyeballs showing, the cops doesn't, let's presume they do an excellent job, the detectives, they find him. He's entitled to be charged with murder in the first degree, and just because of his policy, they say, no, we're not going to do it. Folks, I don't think that's the way you're supposed to go. We're going to go to a quick break, and we'll be back right after these messages from Connors and Sullivan. All 
All right, so Connors and Sullivan. You've heard me say I'm from Bay Ridge, Brooklyn, and that's where their original office was, and or is, I should say, but they have offices in four of the five boroughs. Remember when you were in your teens? Hmm, that was 40 years ago. And thought you were invincible. Well, that was this morning. The same rationale applies to adults, too. When we're healthy, we think we don't need a power of attorney or a healthcare proxy. We think we can worry about that when we're older or become sick. Well, nothing can be further from the truth. The fact is, if something happens, you might not be able to designate a power of attorney or a healthcare proxy. What happens then? The state or the court may have to make those decisions for you because you're not here anymore. Is that what you really want? You want to hand it off to the government or do you want to make the decisions yourself? It's essential to create a power of attorney and healthcare proxy as soon as you can when you're healthy. So call Connors and Sullivan, attorneys at law. They really know their stuff. That's where I send people who come to me and ask for estate planning. They've been doing it for 30 years. They'll help you make make a plan that protects you best. You'll designate who you want to make the decisions for you. It's very simple. 718-238-6500. Even though I told you I have a pad and pen, you should remember this. 718-238-6500. They're very sweet people. It's a free in-person initial consultation with a lawyer, Connors and Sullivan. This is law school. This is this is law school. This is Noel Downey DJing. Yeah, blowing off some steam after torts. That, well, that wasn't a rough one. Contracts was a little rough. Property was a little rough. I loved constitutional law. That was that was the, the class that I loved the most. I want to give a uh, a quick shout out to my buddy Mike Esposito over at uh, Platinum Mitsubishi. Platinum-Mitsubishi.com. They are the go-to people in Freehold, New Jersey for a new Mitsubishi or a used car. And here's what I love about them. They have this, like, concierge kind of service. You, you'll call over there. Anybody who really is in the, interested in the car market and buying a car, just reach out to me directly, and then I'll, I'll make sure you get the super VIP treatment. Angelo over there, who's the, the general manager of sales, if you don't even know what car you want, he'll walk you through that and tell you what kind of car fits your needs. Um, but if you do know what kind of car you want, but they don't have it on the floor, within days they will locate it for you. They will check it out. They will make sure it's certified, beautiful. You just go in or they'll bring it right to your house. You could do, they'll work with your credit. I'm telling you, I'm a car guy. I've been a car guy a long time. It's an interesting profession. Let's just say that. But these are very trustworthy, lovely people. Platinum Mitsubishi in Freehold, New Jersey. So, speaking of the law, there was a big decision today in federal court uh, regarding Prince Andrew. And um, he is going to be sued by Virginia Jufre. That she, she put in a lawsuit and Prince Andrew's attorneys came back and said, hold on, hold on. She's already received money from Jeffrey Epstein. At least a half a million dollars. There could have been other money that wasn't in the written documentation, but at least a half of a million dollars, $500,000. And in the release that she signed when she actually received the money, the release prepared and approved by all the attorneys involved, so no one was being taken advantage of here, said that she was releasing 
any other parties besides Jeffrey Epstein. Of course, Jeffrey Epstein was being released, but anyone else who was around Jeffrey Epstein at that time, I will admit it was a sweeping release, but she she did it, right? She signed, she took the money. There are rumors that she took, or more than rumors, that she got a, 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 another cash settlement. They didn't want to put such a big amount in the written document. Uh, and in the document, it says, including the people we're releasing are including royals. So royals, I think Prince Andrew, <laughs> I think a prince falls in, under the jurisdiction of being a royal. But um, Judge Lewis Kaplan, who has been on the bench in the Southern District for a very, very many years, he was appointed by Bill Clinton. I've appeared before him many times. I will say every time I've appeared before him, he's definitely given me a fair shake. He's heard me out, and, and I will say he's kind of ruled in my favor, so I'm not, I'm not going to beat him up. But uh, I will say I, I, don't dis- I don't agree with his decision, um, and that's why we have appellate courts. And... Uh, because he's saying, well, nah, it's not specific enough. Now, the decision just came out, so I haven't had a chance to read it. But it's saying that, that the, the release, based on the $500,000, was not specific enough to cover, um, uh, to cover the prince. So now her lawsuit against him will go forward. And, you know, he's going to have to be deposed. It's, it's, it's not a good time. I will tell you, I listened to all of the oral arguments because they were online because of the pandemic. And I thought Prince Andrew's attorney was excellent. I thought he did a superb job. It was pretty obvious which direction the judge was going in. Uh, but he, I, I don't think he can appeal at this point. That would be called an interlocutory appeal. Um, But speaking of appeals, uh, whether we like it or not, I mean, Jeffrey Epstein, I mean, that guy had some impact on our our world because he's he's been gone now since August of 2019. uh, And his name is everywhere. I mean, like today, there's like three articles about him. It's everywhere. Uh, And the Giselle Maxwell case, the verdict is still front and center on every website you go on and every newspaper article. There's something about it. Uh, so I, I would like to address it because I am happy that it's getting so much notoriety. It is in terms of a being a public service announcement. If you get called for jury duty, this is not hard. Answer the questions accurately. Tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. So if on the questionnaire, Mr. Juror, in the Giselle Maxwell case, it says... You know, have you or anyone in your family been sexually assaulted? There's a yes box and there's a no box. And on all of these things, there's always a way to explain more if you need to explain more. There's always a way. I mean, every judge that I've ever appeared before in my, it'll be 30 years this December, they always bend over backwards to accommodate jurors and especially protect their privacy. So if you if you just raise your hand and say, Your Honor, there's something I would like to address in private, they, they never say no. Never say no. So if there's an issue like that, that you have regarding anything, I mean, you know, I've been in, I can actually honestly say hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of these sidebars. When I picked the Lawrence Taylor trial, I mean, every, every juror was like one-on-one, one-on-one, uh, Abe Hirschfeld, every juror one-on-one. So it's, it really adds up with, with Weinstein. It was every juror one-on-one. It added up to hundreds of, of jurors. And we all bend over backwards to accommodate jurors because there's really two things you're asked to do as a citizen. Pay taxes and do jury duty. Now, I'm sure you guys can 
email me or text me and say, no, Arthur, you forgot this, that, or the other thing. But those are two that, that, that stand out. If you get called for jury duty, just be honest. If you can't be fair and impartial, and I always say this, I say, hey, you're from Brooklyn, I'm from Brooklyn. We all grew up in different areas, different neighborhoods, different upbringings, and have had different life experiences. And there's a lot of cases going on in this courthouse, and this may not be the best case for you based on your personal experience. This may not be the case where you can be fair and open-minded based on your personal experience. Maybe you'd just rather go to a civil case where it's a car accident or someone slipped and fell as opposed to this robbery case or this sex assault case. Uh, So we beg you to be honest with us. But in the Maxwell case, he clearly, that particular juror, was not honest. He wasn't honest. It it doesn't appear on his questionnaire. And then he's admitting. In other words, it's not like Maxwell put out an investigator who unearthed and did some crazy investigation. He's volunteering. Basically, ultimately, yeah, I guess I didn't fill out the form the right way. Whether it was intentional or unintentional remains to be seen how it remains to be seen how the judge is going to react to that. But it is it is his next his next uh, version that he volunteers is. And because of his personal sexual experiences, he was able to sway jurors in the jury room. Listen, when you're a criminal defense attorney, you're Maxwell's attorney, and someone checks off in that box, I've been victimized. Typically, you either, the first thing you do is you ask the judge to get rid of them for cause, which means, judge, this is someone who shouldn't be on this jury. Let's send them to a different type of case. And if not, you use what's called a peremptory challenge. I always mispronounce that, and Judge Cameron's always correct me. Um, I think I said it right that time. Um, And you have a certain amount of those, depending on how severe the case is. uh, And you would use one of those. So if I see on the questionnaire that this is someone who has been subjected to the same type of abuse that my client is saying, uh, my client is being accused of, of course I'm going to knock them off. That goes without saying. The funny part, the ironic part for me and, and the people in my law firm is that the same thing, and in my opinion, it was more egregious happened in the Harvey Weinstein case. There was a woman who wrote a book, and I'm not going to get into all the details, and I'm not going to get into the merits of the whole situation because it's a pending case with my office, but it was obvious to us that she was being dishonest about her own life experiences, and that is something that's on appeal right now. It's interesting that it hasn't gotten the notoriety that the Maxwell has, but the Maxwell case and the juror has. In our case, it was the same situation. She, we don't believe she was honest, and that's pretty verifiable, uh, about questions she was asked about a book that she wrote. You know, was there a, a sexual predator in the book that you wrote? No, not at all. Well, when the book actually came out, there is a sexual predator. And does it have anything to do with you? No. And then when the book came out, she did an interview and said it was semi-autobiographical, and I am the one who was assaulted by the sexual predator. Well, that was the Harvey, that was the, the facts of the Harvey Weinstein case. We would have never kept her on the jury if we if we knew those facts. And then another juror, the foreperson, says, oh, yes, she was very instrumental in the jury room in convincing us of X, Y, and Z and reaching the verdict that we did. Now, Harvey was acquitted on a certain amount of counts, but he was also convicted on a certain amount of counts. And uh, actually two, she had a financial interest in selling the book. And someone said, well, she did find him not guilty. Well, 
that gives her more credibility. Well, we'll find him not guilty of a couple of things, find him guilty of some other things, and it'll help sell my book. These are the exact same issues in the Maxwell case and in the Weinstein case. And on appeal, it's not whether Giselle Maxwell is guilty or innocent. It's not whether Harvey Weinstein is guilty or innocent. It's whether there was juror misconduct that was to a degree that a defendant did not get a fair trial. And I, when I lecture to law students, I always say picking a jury is like when you begin making a Sunday gravy in an Italian household. If you don't start with good tomatoes, you're never going to have a great sauce. If you don't start with a great jury pool, it doesn't matter what you say or what you do. You're never going to get a great, you're never going to get a great outcome for your client. So we're at the bottom of the hour. 30 seconds left. Um, we're going to do a little uh, a little Lou Dobbs. We're going to do a little news. And then we're going to come back. Uh, you know, you think you know a guy. You think you know a guy for a while. Um, I'm, I, I learned something today about my friend, Matt. I'm just going to call him MS for right now. And you'll understand why after the break. Just stay tuned. Hold on to your seats. And uh, enjoy yourself. Don't burn the chicken if you're making the chicken. Don't miss the exit if you're driving. I can't wait to come back. And we'll have a lot of new stuff on the other side. I'm Lou Dobbs. Fed survey points to supply chain shortages. Spiraling housing costs hit both buyers and renters. Those stories next. You know, if you feel like you're stuck with a health care plan that isn't affordable or you don't like it, right now is a great time to switch to MediShare. The typical family saves $500 or more per month with MediShare. And what's more, they like it. MediShare has double the customer satisfaction rate when compared to health insurance. Double. You get access to a massive network of providers and 24-7 telehealth. And MediShare is the most trusted name in healthcare sharing. It's been around for more than 25 years. And it's more than just affordable health care, too. You get to be part of a community of Christians who pray for each other and support each other. But here's why now is the time to make the switch. Join before January 15th, and they'll waive your new member fee. So you'll save another $170 right off the bat. Call now. You'll get a prize within two minutes. And again, the deadline is January 15th, so you can save even more. Call 877-64-BIBLE. That's 877-64-BIBLE. 877-64-BIBLE. The Federal Reserve today released its so-called Beige Book survey of business conditions, saying that while the economy grew modestly in 2021, there will still be persistent problems with businesses being held back because of ongoing disruptions in the supply chain, which is odd because back on December 22nd, President Biden said, quote, the much-predicted supply chain crisis never happened, end quote. With inflation at a 40-year high, housing costs skyrocketed last month, painting a bleak picture for potential home buyers, but also for people renting or leasing. Because with pandemic-era rent concessions expiring, many apartment seekers will face higher rents as well. On Wall Street, stocks closed higher today. The Dow Jones Industrials up 38 points. Please join me three times each weekday for my updates right here on this station. This is the Lou Dobbs Financial Report. News, opinion, passion. This is AM 970, The Answer. Generally clear skies, 38 degrees. That's down a degree in the last hour. What's going on? We have the answer. Well, the latest daily coronavirus data shows an uptick in cases in New York State. There are more than 58,000 cases, an increase by about 10,000 from yesterday's report. Yesterday, Governor Hochul said coronavirus data is showing the winter surge appears to be peaking. More than 12,600 are in the hospital, a slight increase from yesterday. The latest daily numbers show there were another 166 COVID-related deaths. 
The popular New York Boat Show is back this year after taking a year off last year because of COVID-19. Boats and boating accessories will be back on display at the Javits Center on Manhattan's west side from January 26th through the 30th. Boating has become very popular during the coronavirus pandemic. Officials say there are more than 415,000 new boat owners in the U.S. in the past year and a half. And federal officials will be leasing an area that will bring a major offshore wind energy project for the coast of New York and New Jersey. U.S. Secretary of Interior Deb Holland says over 480,000 acres will be auctioned off to wind developers in February that could result in enough energy to power 2 million homes. Officials say the future wind power structure will bring a huge number of jobs to both New Jersey and New York. The commercial fishing industry is concerned it will impact their operations, and there are concerns from Jersey Shore communities about the view. Taking a look at the traffic in New Jersey, Southbound Parkway, this has been a nightmare for many hours, still is. Southbound Parkway jammed up from exit 140 right down to 131. That is a nine-mile jam, all because of an accident under investigation, just one lane to the right getting by. Stick with the turnpike for a better ride. Partly cloudy skies tonight, low 33, partly sunny tomorrow, high 46. Cloudy start on Friday, then sun for the afternoon with a high of 37. And partly cloudy and cold on Saturday, very cold. High will struggle to hit 20 degrees. And now you know what's going on. I am Mike Barker on AM 970, The Answer. We're back to the Arthur Idala Power Hour with New York City's preeminent trial attorney and quintessential New Yorker, attorney Arthur Idala. that artist who's singing would it be who's the, the ronettes so ronnie specter passed away today at the uh she was 78 right matt 78 yes and uh she's got a lot of songs you know you you um you don't realize her. be my baby baby i love you chapel of love also had a lot of popular christmas tunes as well a lot of popular Christmas tunes. Yep. Well, one she- of them actually was recently. They she had just hit a, a second top ten hit for uh, Sleigh Ride, which reached number ten two weeks ago. Obviously, on the Billboard charts because of the Christmas season. Was it politically correct? Because <laughs> I mean, I know a lot of the songs got a little, you know, got in some trouble for. Which one got in trouble for not being politically correct, Joan? You know which one got in trouble for you? you they had to stop playing. Uh, baby, like it's a, baby, it's cold outside. Baby, it's cold outside. Right? Yes, you right. You couldn't. You could not do. Baby, it's cold outside. Well, uh, may she have a a beautiful landing in her next during her next journey. Uh, you know, you think you know a guy, and uh, I will say this since it's our uh, maiden voyage week. When I told people in the industry, you know, that I was doing this show. And, uh, you know, they, they're a lot smarter than I am. And they said, well, you know, who's going to be your engineer? And, uh, and when I said it was Matt, uh, the, the reviews were off the chart. I mean, I'm, Matt, I don't know if you deserve them or not. <laughs> um, but I know Matt for a while. I mean, since I've been doing Piscopo, so it's about eight years. And we've been out and we've thrown back a couple of libations. Uh, and, uh, you know, no one would ever say Matt is like a slight guy or, or petite. I don't think it would be a word you would describe. Man, he's got big black hair. He's got a big black beard. And how do you feel about your looks there? Uh, I think I, is that I mean, accurate description. I'm, sh- I'm shaped like the number zero, but I think that's okay. Okay, but so you know, yesterday he had a Knicks hat on, and then he had a Mets sweatshirt on, and you know, I, I can respect that. I'm, you know, I'm a New York guy, 
But today when he comes in, he's a little lightly, lightly dressed because uh, we're in a studio that's 89 degrees, which is, you know, I'm not complaining. It's my first week here. I'm not entitled to complain. Um, but he's got the, uh, the Star of David around his neck. And, I, you know, he, he doesn't really look like a Jewish man. But, okay. So I said to him, I go, you're Jewish? He's like, yep. And uh, I said, Sam Bolin? <laughs> and now here's, here's the part. Ready? He is Matt. Sambolino. Sambolino. Sambolino yeah. is his real <laughs> last name, but somehow or another it became Sambolin. Yeah. And you're an Italian Jewish. I'm Puerto Rican Italian Jew. That is a fantastic combination. I like to say I put Goya beans in my matzah during Passover. <laughs> oh, but where does the Italian part come in? It's uh, from Goya my beans. Yeah. <laughs> no, uh, come on, bro. You gotta, right, I, 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 how about Goya to... beans and your matzo right, during Easter I, Sunday, I, man? I, I, or something. I, I pour a little gravy on it, okay? <laughs> I um, well, Matt, I I appreciate you um doing this uh this show with me, and and you're my partner here, and and I really you've been doing an outstanding job. Thank, Thank you. you very much. Thank you. This is an AM nine seventy. The answer. Breaking news alert. So we started off the show talking about um, crime in New York City and, and District Attorney Bragg, who, you know, I would love to have on this show him or, or his chief assistant, Meg Reese, or, and we would have a fair and honest conversation. You know, uh, Mayor uh, Adams said, look, he, he has a vision and let's see if he could achieve that vision. But here's what he's up against. As we speak, the breaking news is there's a car chase going on, not in some suburb, in midtown Manhattan, in the 30s. From Broadway, now it's on. They're on Second Avenue. It's all being live. It's live streamed. People are watching it live. There was a carjacking, a carjacking in in the heart of New York City, right by Macy's, right by the greatest department store, the biggest department store, to Second Avenue, and it's it's live right now. You could if you're if you're on your phone listening, you could just. Yeah, and if you're commuting home from work, please be careful if you're in the Midtown Manhattan area. Yeah, it's. Uh, you know, we're 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 up against it, and um, you know today, because of politics, uh, the mayor, the headline is, and I hate to use this word, like demoted his brother. Um, I think his brother now is in charge of the mayor's security team, as opposed to having a very higher rank in the the NYPD, and that's all because of nepotism. I have no problem telling you that I have friends in these big law firms, very prestigious law firms, you, you know, and and. I'm like, oh, is your son working with you? Uh, no, no, they, we, my son can't work in the law firm with me, you know, because of the nepotism rules. I'm like, you're a named partner in this international law firm. You can't have your own kid come and work with you. Yeah, no, 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 sorry, can't do that, can't do that. So, um, that's weird. And if the only reason why Eric Adams can't appoint the person who he thinks is best to the job. Uh, because it's his brother. I'm I'm not down with that. I mean, if Robert F. Kennedy was the best person to be the Attorney General of the United States of America, based on his relationship with the President of the United States, John F. Kennedy, I'm I'm totally cool with that. Uh, I want to make a quick public service announcement. Uh, a, a classmate of mine, who happens to be a, Assemblywoman Rebecca Seawright, we went to law school together. Uh, she's doing a great thing. She partnered up, part, partnered up with another friend of mine who uh, is in charge of a company called, he runs the company and the owner of the company called Zeal. And they announced today jointly that they are going to be giving free booster shots um, at the clinic in uh, um, Roosevelt Island. So um, if you need to go get a booster shot, a COVID-19 booster shot, uh, Zeal and Rebecca Seawright, the assemblywoman, 
and the New York City Department of Health and Mental Hygiene are doing this tomorrow, January 13th, from 9.30 a.m. to 4.30 p.m. at the Cardin Burden Senior Center located at 546 Main Street on Roosevelt Island. Uh, and there is a phone number for those of you who can't get out of the house. So if you are homebound for whatever reason and you want a COVID test uh, or you want a um, you want to get the booster, call 212-288-4607. To be clear, this isn't a commercial. Uh, I'm, tr- I'm doing this to help people out who either want to get a COVID shot or need to uh, want to get a booster shot or who need to get tested. I have no problem in, in uh, open uh, dialogue here and being totally transparent. Uh, right before Christmas, like this, what was it, by 17th, 18th, 19th, I could not get a test anywhere. And I call my buddy Vinny, and I'm like, Vinny, I, I, need, I just need a COVID test. The lines are like five blocks long, and I called Zeal, and yes, there was a charge, but they came, and it wasn't absorbent. It wasn't, it wasn't a lot. Um, and they came to my house, and Natasha came, and she was fully covered in PPE, and she swabbed me, and the next day I got the results. They were not good results, so I spent Christmas by myself. We'll talk about that another time. Um, but, it, you know, it was a great public service. So thank you to Zeal, and thank you to Assemblywoman uh, Rebecca Seawright. Speaking of shots, if I was going to open up the phones, and I'm, you know, I'm a little afraid to do that because, I don't know, I'm just, I'm not, you know, I'm still learning my way around here, and we'll figure, it, we'll figure that out down the road. Maybe next week we'll open up the phones, or maybe Friday we'll have Friday fun day. Oh, we all going to have some fun on Fridays. I'll, I'll tell you about that in the next segment. The Brooklyn Nets, they play, they pay Kyrie Irving, who is a fantastic guard, $400,000 a game. And he has not played because of the, the uh, vaccine mandate here in New York City, right? If I want to go to a restaurant, last, like I did last night to the old homestead, you know, right after the show, they, as soon as I walk in, hello, Mr. Idala, we need to see your vaccine card and your ID. Okay, here it is. Kyrie Irving, and, and I'm going to the Brooklyn Nets game tomorrow night, God's blessings, and I'm going to have to do it again. Kyrie Irving doesn't have, a, he has not vaccinated, so he can't get in. But I don't know, all of a sudden someone woke up and looked at the law, and the law that the, uh, Mayor de Blasio signed in, which is still the law, is your first violation is a warning. So he can play one game, and he's going to get a warning. The second game, he's going to get a $1,000 fine. You ready, folks? The third game, he gets a $2,000 fine. And the fourth game until infinity is what it says is a five thousand dollar fine. Well, when you're making four hundred grand a night, I'm thinking I'm laying out the five k, and I'll settle for three hundred, whatever it is nine hundred three whatever three hundred ninety nine thousand blah blah blah. Um, and the owner of the Nets, if he just says, "Okay, Kyrie, you don't have to pay it," this guy's worth eight point eight billion dollars. <laughs> I mean, so. Why have they not been playing this guy and just paying $5,000 a night? I'm not exactly sure. Now, there could be a debate, you know, should he, is, are we jeopardizing the health of people? So I dug a little deeper. I read a little further. You realize they have players on other teams who come in to play the, Met, the, the, the Nets, not the Mets, the Nets, the basketball team, that are not vaccinated. But because they're not New Yorkers, I don't know what I don't know how they get around it. But they're coming in and playing on the court without the masks, without you know, without the vaccination. They're not vaccinated, but they're allowed to play there. And the the guy who plays for the Nets, who's not vaccinated, isn't allowed to play there. So I'm going tomorrow night, and I have no problem telling you. I hope Kyrie Irving's playing because he's a really good 
ball player. You know, Kevin Durant is no spring chicken, and he has a history of being injured. He's a real skinny guy. When you go to a game, he is, I mean, Matt Sambolino could use him as a toothpick, (laughs) right? I mean, right or wrong? I think I have it. All right. Very skinny guy. Um, And... Look, folks, there, there's just a lot of hypocrisy around the thing. Like, so when you go to the Nets game, though, they tell you wear a mask, wear a mask, unless you're holding a beer. If you're holding a beer, you don't have to wear the mask because you're consuming uh, food or drink. I, I, look, we're doing the best we can. I'm not, I'm not coming out there and, and thinking the worst of everyone. But you know, all I'm asking for is a little gosh darn consistency here. Um, you know. <laughs> Wear a mask, but but if you don't want to wear a mask, just walk around. You can have an empty can of beer. Just walk, just buy one beer for like eighteen thousand dollars and walk around without it. But I, I walk around and you don't have to wear worry about wearing a mask. Um, we got one more quarter to go. I got a couple little fun topics. My mom told me you know don't have to be so heavy for the whole hour. Okay, mom. Um, I will tell you this from the bottom of my heart. I am absolutely enjoying this. The exhaustion level will fade, I hope, by being a father in the morning, a lawyer in the whole middle of the day, and then coming here and just trying to give you guys a little information, a little entertainment, um, and just something to think about, like the Manhattan DA, like Kyrie Irvin, like the the trials of Maxwell and Harvey Weinstein. So it's uh, 120 seconds. We'll be back right after these messages. I'm Maria Bartiromo, and this is the Fox Business Report. Stocks moved slightly higher after a key inflation report showed a historic gain, but investors took it in stride. The December reading for the Consumer Price Index showed an increase of 7% year over year. That's the biggest jump since 1982. The Dow rising 39 points, the Nasdaq up 35, S&P 500 up 13. And most employees of retail trading platform Robinhood Markets will be working remotely on a permanent basis amid a spike in COVID cases. Its current move follows tech companies like Coinbase, Okta, and Shopify going fully remote. And this past holiday season, inflation and supply chain challenges didn't deter Americans from spending big online. Online shoppers spent more than $204 billion, according to Adobe's Digital Economy Index, with online shopping increasing 8.6% compared to the previous year. That's your Fox Business Report. I'm Hilary Barsky, invested in you. After 9-11, Saul Martinez couldn't wait to enlist. In Iraq, his vehicle was hit by a projectile-improvised explosive device. Saul survived, but he lost both legs, suffered a traumatic brain injury, and lost two close friends. Saul now lives in a smart home from the Tunnel to Towers Foundation, which gave him back his independence despite his severe physical challenges. Help heroes like Saul. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. Hi, folks. This is Jerry Crowley, General Manager at Salem Media Group in New York. I want to tell you about a terrific opportunity we have for two people to join us, one to sell digital advertising and the other to sell radio advertising at the radio station. Please drop me a note at jerry.crowley at salem.cc if you're interested or you know someone who might be interested in joining us. jerry.crowley at salem.cc. Thank you very much. Real quick, before we go into our final segment, if you want to have sweet dreams about buying a car, 
go to PlatinumMitsubishi.com. Just go to PlatinumMitsubishi.com. Find whatever phone number they have there. I think it's 732-863-2788. Call over there and say, Angelo, Idala told me to give you a call. You got to help me out with a call. Freehold, New Jersey, new Mitsubishis. Go online, look how beautiful they are. Or whatever used car you want, literally from a Bentley to, uh, I don't know, let's see, uh, a Chevy Volt. How about that? Um I did speak to City Hall today real quick, another public service announcement. I want to give a shout out and a commendation to the New York State Knights of Columbus. They gave 127 cases of food. Um, it, it was They gave it to the disaster team, the New York State Knights of Columbus disaster team, and they gave it to the folks in the Bronx. I know um, F- Fat Joe and many other celebrities um, have been donating a lot of goods. But what City Hall told me today, the message to get out there is they really need money now because they need to find housing for these people. Uh, And the best place to put it is the mayor's fund. So just Google the mayor's fund. Um, I donated. Carrie Antochi donated. A lot of my friends were showing me the clips. Just go uh, the the screen grabs, the show that they gave money, who gave 100 bucks, who gave 150 bucks. It all adds up. And that's what those people need because I you know I don't want to make anyone cry again but they put out a list of everyone who perished and you know you're starting at a 2 year old I mean wow that's that's heartbreaking um on non heartbreaking news you know when I came in today uh someone said you should drink a little tea before you go on the air you should hydrate so I I drank some water and I looked for a little bit of tea and I'm not complaining there's plenty of coffee I didn't see any tea but I did see some hot chocolate, and I was so pleasantly surprised. That little packet of Swiss Miss hot chocolate that you add water to is only 90 calories. I was always like, ah, how can you have hot chocolate? It's like having a meal. But if you do the water, not the, not the milk, and they, they try to you know, scam you a little bit because they only put the calories with the low-fat milk. If you put whole milk, I don't know what it would be. So don't kid yourself about a little bit of hot chocolate. And then I looked at today is National Marzipan Day. Now, why? I mean, it's national a lot of things today. It's National Pharmacist Day. God bless you, because there's a huge shortage of pharmacists. I heard a story today that someone went in to pick up their their medication in like a big place like Dwayne, Dwayne Reed or CVS. And they like apologized and they said, look, we don't have uh, the pharmacist here. But he left already. But he may have fulfilled your prescription, but he's not here and we're not entitled to go back there and get it. And they said, well, can I go to another one of your locations? They said, you can, but if in the computer he's already filled your prescription and you go somewhere else, they're not going to give it to you. So, you know, the the shortage of human beings during the COVID period is nothing to, to laugh at. But getting back to National Marzipan Day, why is that special to me? Well, if you Google Marzipan, one of the first places that comes up is Palermo, Sicily. In Palermo, Sicily, so marzipan is a lot of sugar, a bunch of honey, and almond flour. So it tastes like, it tastes almondy. And in Italy, especially around Christmas time, they uh, make it into all different kinds of forms of, of little, they, they do the whole nativity in marzipan. I mean, I'm not really into eating St. Joseph's head out of a piece of marzipan. But, you know, they always do year-round. They do all kinds of fruits. They decorate them. They paint them with food coloring. And it's really, really delicious. And I'm pretty sure Mary and my wife is a big fan of marzipan. Um, in real breaking news, Kim Kardashian and Pete Davidson ate dinner the other night. Do you know where? It's somewhere where I'm going to take everyone here to dinner. Oh, really? 
LMB Spumoni Gardens. Wow, I love LMB. Uh, I heard that today. They went to LMB Spumoni Gardens, which you know you hear Kim Kardashian and you think of five star luxury resorts and and hotels and 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 yachts and private planes. And LMB is the most down to earth, family loving, sweet uh, environment. And they didn't report on it. They you know they wanted to be quiet. LMB didn't put anything out there, but of course I'm I'm using my big mouth to tell you. And Kim Kardashian said she was blown away. She's been hanging out with Pete Davidson, so apparently they're going to a lot of places in Staten Island and Brooklyn because that's where he hails from. And she took pictures with them, and she said, this was the best restaurant of all the ones he's taken me to in Staten Island and Brooklyn. This is the best place I've eaten. I am not really surprised to hear that. Um, I was a little surprised to hear that today Howard Stern is 68 years old. It's so funny because if you look at like the totem pole of radio, Howard Stern is at the absolute top. And Arthur Idala is at the absolute bottom. <laughs> like, you can't get a larger disparity than Arthur Idala and Howard Stern in the world of radio. And I've, I've enjoyed Howard Stern over the years, uh, watching him really evolve from who he was in the 1980s to who he is in 2022. He still plays a major role in, in our society. Uh, you know, he proclaimed himself the king of all media. And for a period of time there, he did have a claim to that. I don't think he really hit it too well with the world of television. But in the world of radio, in the world of books, he, he's done really well. And then this other guy, I feel bad for him because I saw him on the corner the other day selling pens out of a cup to make ends meet. Uh, his name is Bezos. You ever hear of him? Yeah. Uh, Jeff I, Bezos? I think so. Yeah, he's a little, he did that thing, uh, it was named after a river or something. Amazon? Yeah, 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 oh, that, right, that's right, it. Right. And the funny part is I was interviewed the other day by a, a writer for the New York Post because the uh, Bezos, there was a picture of him, I don't know, in St. Bart's or something like that. And he had his shirt off and he was in pretty good physical shape for a 58-year-old. I am four years his junior. So they called me and said, well, you know, as the leader of a prestigious law firm in the city, you know, do you have a workout routine? And, uh, I, you know, I started off with, well, this was actually December 30th. I said, well... On uh, January the 1st, around 11 a.m., I'll be meeting about 25 of my buddies in the parking lot at Keyspan Park in Coney Island. And at 1 o'clock, we'll be running into the water at uh, Coney Island to do the polar bear plunge. That's part of my workout. Uh, I do, in the morning, just in my little study in the house, I do lift some weights. Nothing crazy. They're the weights that my parents bought me, I think, for my 13th birthday. Randy White was a defensive player for the Dallas Cowboys in their their golden era of the late 70s, early 80s. They had the Randy White weight set. I still have it. I did a little curls. I did a little military press. And then I am so fortunate to go to the office where my office is a family. It's, 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 a, it's a family that happens to practice law. And uh, we, we had a meeting today at 2 o'clock. And at 1.30, 73-year-old Judge John Leventhal comes in and goes, listen, we only got a half an hour to get our push-ups in. And there's Judge Leventhal. And I said, hold on. Go get Lino. We have a new guy who started with us, a guy. He's a wonderful young man. He's 31 years old. He's, his stomach is flat as a board. I said, come on in. Let's do some push-ups. Uh, and you know what, Lino? I'm going to out you. Judge Leventhal and I did 50 each, and Lino only did 30. So that, But that is kind of uh, I, I did when I was interviewed. I did say I think it's important. Well, I stay in shape because I am on a mission I know man plans and God laughs, but I am on a mission to be a healthy, vibrant, and God willing, high functioning 90 year old. Because when I'm 90, Ariana will be 36. 
and at least I'll have a good idea of the traje- trajectory of her life. And who knows, maybe I'll even be able to get to walk her down the aisle at some point. I know it's a weird way to look at a young lady, or a young lady, at an infant, a newborn who's eight weeks old today. Yay, Ariana, eight weeks old today. Um, but I, did, I, I also said that I think it shows a sense of discipline to the people who I work with. And I, with all humility, I guess I, I'm, I'm a leader over there. It's, it is called Idala Bertuna Encampment, so I'm the first name. Um, you know, that you're not just sitting there and scoffing down anything you want to eat and it's going right to your belly or it's clogging the arteries in your brain. Um, you know, I, I kind of eat light at lunch, but we eat together. We are very collaborative. I know actually talking back on the serious comment today, uh, topic, Eric Adams today speaking out, talked about collaboration and people working together and people coming back into the city. Um, my, I am so proud. We've been doing that uh, since mm, September the 7th of 2020. Everyone's been in the office all the times that they are supposed to be in the office. I will tell you when I go downstairs to Megan's bar or, or um, Kevin's bar, it's quiet. You know, it's still quiet. Now it's 11 degrees outside that may be one of the reasons why it's quiet but we are optimistic we are excited we are so um looking forward to the future i'm looking forward to the future of this show if anyone was really paying close attention i didn't have a guest on um i got permission from mr crowley i said you know you think i could just fly solo and see what happens he was like absolutely absolutely you listen it's your show you do what you want to do all right well thank you mr crowley um, what we, a couple of segments I have thinking about maybe on Friday is um, the Macaroni Minute, and we're going to give you a little, uh, a quick, it'll be more than a minute, but we'll talk about what you can make for that weekend. Maybe we'll have a couple of guest appearances. I'm sure Lenny from L&B will be one of those guest appearances, but it's very hard to get Lenny to talk for like less than two minutes. He's a very smart guy and he has the gift of gab. But I, Sam Bolin or Sam Bolino will work on him <laughs> to, uh, Sam Bolino, you'll be able to hit the kill switch if Lenny goes too yeah, long. Yeah, if I have to, sure. And then my father called me today and my dad is, I will go out on a limb and say a connoisseur of not only wine, but of, of spirits. And he wants to provide the listening audience with a daily cocktail. So I said, dad, we'll do it on Friday. Not a daily cocktail, weekly, weekly cocktail. So maybe this Friday we'll have a macaroni minute. We'll have Padre Lou's weekend cocktail. We'll tell you how to make it, what ingredients to put in there. Let's have some fun. Um, Arthur at ABKLawNYC.com. Arthur at ABKLawNYC.com. I want to thank everyone from the tremendous outreach that I've gotten on Twitter and Facebook and my friends from kindergarten all the way to people I've met recently. Um, the input and uh, the con- constructive criticism, uh, the praise, everything in between. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening. Matt and I are having a great time. Uh, and tell us what you want to hear. Tell us what you want to do. And we will do our best to do it. Be safe. Be happy. Hug your family. Hug your cat. And we will see you tomorrow, 6 p.m. It'll be Thursday. The preceding program sponsored by Freehold Mitsubishi.